Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. And in him, amen to the glory of God. Jesus, on that cross, made every promise a fact. He turned everything into a yes. God said, yes, I give you everything. He said in Romans 8, he says, if he gives us his son, what, what more will he hold? He'll hold nothing back from us. He gave us himself. And Jesus is in everything, for everything. Everything was made by him. He's, he is everything. And so God gave us everything. So why do we see ourselves as such orphans? So we say, I'm a son of God, but we don't act like that because we don't really believe it. So the, the key to this whole Christian game, if I can call it a game, um, forgive me if that offends you. For some, it's, 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 a, you know, it's a life game. Um, but if I can put it in those terms, because we all do this all day, well, not all day, every day, but we are Christians. Christ in us. And so the walk... I'm, I've been around for a while. You might have noticed. Um, the Christian thing is like you come to church every week, you do what you can. What's it all about? It's, it's about becoming like him. He was our example. He was, the, he was what we, if Christ, if, if God's spirit was in Jesus Christ, the anointed one, he was simply the example. He was, he was what we, he was the first brother. He was the first son. So the same spirit that was in Jesus is now in me. The same spirit that was in Jesus is now in you. So now I've got to say, well, let's all say that. The same spirit that was in Jesus is in me. It'll, if your mind, your mind might try and reject that if you haven't said it before, but it's true. And so this is the key, this is the game, as I call it, of Christianity. It's really transforming your mind, getting to the place where you understand the book. You don't just quote the book, you don't just sing the book, but you actually understand the book. So it takes a little bit of time, it takes a little bit of unpacking, and the more you do, the more the lights come on. And the more you do, the more authority you have. And that's what was in Jesus. When he turned around and he said, be healed, it was simply because he knew who he was. He knew his, his father's plan for him. All right, so let's keep going. So all we have to do now, now that Jesus has made everything yes and amen, it's his yes, he agreed to go to the cross, and now it's our amen. We have to say, yes, I accept, amen, I, I agree. So, all these promises that he has made, these, these promises have now tonight been turned into facts, according to Trevor, they are now within us. 
So, Philemon 6, he says, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this is the game. Pastor Catherine has been saying this for the last, or ever since I've been here, over six years or whatever. This is what she's been preaching the whole time. But a lot of us just hear with maybe a quarter of an ear, if you can say that. Um, it's, it is the key. If you run down this track, it is the key to changing your life. Because God needs your flesh. God needs you. He doesn't have a flesh. God is a spirit being. You are a spirit being connected to him. But you have a flesh. He doesn't have a flesh. He needs you. He needs your body. That's why we are his temple. Okay, so his grace, because Jesus went to the cross, is always a was and a has. It's always past tense. Please, you Aussies, don't tell me I speak badly. Please. Um, anyway, his grace is always a was and a has. And when we believe his was and speak his has, we move from wish to was. You might, run a, you might want to write that down. When we believe his was and speak as, we move from wish to was. So all the things you're hoping that God does for you, all the things you hope he blesses you, you hope that you have strength to do the job that you're doing, you, you hope that you can get over the fear. You hope that you can get over the depression. You hope that you can get healed. All that stuff, the way we approach the Lord, that has to change. Because hope is futuristic. That everything God has provided is in the past. So we've got to change our language, but we've got to change our thinking. And we've got to turn from looking to what God is going to do, rather looking to what God has done. And if we can do that, we'll change our lives. And then the world will be looking at us and they'll go, these guys are incredible. How do I have a little bit of what they have? Because we'll be walking like the Israelites with their shoes never wearing out. We'll be walking with miracles. We'll be walking with answered prayer. We'll be walking and the devil will be running ahead of us because the devil's actually scared of somebody who knows who they are. Because the devil is scared of God. Very scared. In fact, he trembles. Okay. Um, what's my time? So it's running out already. Okay. So we all know that Romans 4, 17 says... God is the God who calls those things which be not as though they were. So once again, the scripture is clearly stating God speaks things as if they were already done. He's a bit different to us. When he spoke to Gideon in Judges chapter 7 verse 9, he, he, he said, 
He said to Gideon, he said, go down into the Midianite camp. Remember, he paired the numbers. They had, I can't remember, but, but 30,000 and then 10,000. And he said, no, you've still got too many from 30,000. And then he told them how to drink the water and, you know, some lapped it like a dog and all the rest. But anyway, they ended up with 300. And then God said, right, now, it's, now, it's, it, now I can work. There's only 300. So how many of us in here tonight? We'll, we'll be doing all right then, eh? So Judges 7, 9, he says, go down. He said to, um, God said to um, Gideon, he says, go down into the Midianite camp for I have given you victory over them. He didn't say I'm going to give you victory. He said, I have given you victory. He had the same language. You know, when he spoke to Abraham, Ab Abraham, and most of you probably know this, his, his, his original name was Abraham. And when Abraham was an old man, um, I forget the exact age, but anyway, he's in the 80s or whatever. It, he, he certainly, at the age where he couldn't have children, and, he, and, and the Lord met with him and said, okay, Abram, or Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. No, he didn't say that. That's what we would have said. God said, Abram, I have made you the father of many nations. He's not going to do. That's how we speak. God always says, I have. He's always past tense. So then he went to, to um, Abraham or Abram and to Sarah. I call her Sarah. And he, he then went and changed their names. And he said to Abram, he said, you will now be Abraham and Sarah, you will now be Sarah. He gave them both new names before he gave them the actual miracle. And then he said to them, well, Abraham, the reason why he gave him the name Abraham, because Abraham means father of many nations. And then Sarah means princess or mother of kings of nations. So every time Sarah was looking for her husband, who was out there milking a goat or something, she would be shouting, father of many nations, father of many nations. So this happened to them all. All day, every day, and God made them do this. I'm sure you've heard this preached a thousand times. But what's the key? Not you've heard it before. The key is past tense. And God changed their names. And God made them speak. God made them speak. Father of many nations. God said, I have made... But he, it was impossible. He, he, he didn't have a child, and it was going to be impossible, and it was impossible. Absolutely 100% impossible. But God said, this is how you speak. Okay. I want to tell you a little story just to brighten you all up. In case you're falling asleep. Now, Mary and I, we, we're from South Africa. You might have guessed and I was farming, and um, a notable prophet came through our little town called Imtunzini. 
I'm trying to get some of you to say that, eh? Imtunzini. Now, Imtunzini simply means a place in the shade. What a nice name. Anyway, so this prophet was coming through town and, and my twin brother phoned and said, hey, listen, Eddie's coming to town and he's, he's, he's coming to Imtunzini. So he said, we've got to go. I said, okay, who's Eddie? <laughs> and um, he went on. He said, oh, yeah, I can't believe it. You don't know Eddie. That's unbelievable. Gee. And so he went on. I'm not telling you his whole name because in case some of you go down a rabbit trail. So anyway, so Eddie came to our little town. And so the four of us went, Craig and I, my twin brother and I, and and Meredith and, and his wife, Debbie. So the four of us went off to this, and they had it in the local, just a lo local little town hall, small little town hall. And we had some singing, whatever, and then he went up to the pulpit and he started doing what he did. And he immediately called Craig and I and our wives to the front. So Meredith and I toddled to the front and just like the happy prophet, Sarah and... And or Canonies, you know, calling people at the front and prophesying over them. He, came, he prophesied over them. He said, so he, he looked at me and he said, um, well, he first he said, you know, you two are really similar. It's unbelievable, he said. Because we're like, we're identical. He, and he looked at us, he said, oh, but you're actually quite different on the inside. Then he said to me, he said, what do you do for a living? So I said, I'm a farmer. He said, no, you're not a farmer. I said, I beg your pardon, I am a farmer. So he said, no, 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 you're not a farmer. He said, you're a very good businessman. I went, okay. Now, I had that already on the inside of me. It was deep. And I was, wanting, I was trying to get that out. I didn't know how. And the people that were around me in my life were not allowing that to come out. And when the prophet, God sent a prophet to my little town. Think about it. Give him half a chance. Half a chance. He'll get involved. So he sent this prophet around and he said, you're a good businessman. He says, God's going to take you out of farming and he's going to put you into business. It's going to be wonderful. He said, hang on, hang on, hang on. He says, you are going overseas soon. And you're going to be in business and God's going to bless you. It's going to be wonderful. And he went on to say a few other things and it wasn't long and Meredith and I came to Australia so, the prophet said to me, I'm a good businessman. So what I did, I left, I went back to my farming job, and, and of course, a lot of confusion comes in then, because what do you do with that? So I decided to do a three-day fast, and I'd never done a three-day fast previously, and it ain't easy. We all know that. But I did, and I stuck to it. And I remember reading that book, the intercessor, I was sitting there in this little home. It's actually a big home, but in this little room. 
And I was sitting there reading The Intercessor by Reese Howells. And I looked at how it's almost, he, he, the way he portrayed it is what the Lord demanded from him and, and to abide in him. And I, I looked at this book and I then threw it across the room and I said, Lord, how can you expect this from people? You see, Jesus is real. You don't have to say the these and the thous and put on a strange prayer voice. Just talk normally. He's alive. He rose from the dead. So I just spoke to him. I said, this is ridiculous. Anyway, that's not the story, but it's a good book. You should read it if you haven't. You've got to get past the, some of the old stuff that's in there, but so I sat there and I, I, I fasted and, and, the, and the second night, it was about 9.30 in the evening, and I started to, I, I'm going to just say something else. I'm, gonna, I'm going on some rabbit trails here, but let's have fun. When you hear from the Lord, you have to slow the tracks. So God, your heart is the candle of the Lord. Do you remember that scripture? Proverbs 20, 27, I think it might be. Your heart is the candle of the Lord. Your spirit is the candle. He shines. God is in the spirit realm, not in the natural realm. He's not a mind. God doesn't talk to your mind. He talks to your spirit. It's the spirit realm. So what do you have to do if you're hearing the Lord, trying to hear the Lord? If you're wanting direction, you're wanting counsel, you have to slow this. You have to make this thing stop. And most of the time with Facebook, it goes very fast. Too many electronic things in our lives, lots of things to do. We're all busy, 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 and our minds go fast. And then we want to hear the Lord quickly and say a quick prayer. Or we want somebody to prophesy over us. Don't do that. We have to, you have to get into a place, go into the secret place, take some time out, go and seek Him, and then slow your mind. And it'll take a while to slow it down. If it takes practice. Meditation is a practice. So what happened is when I finally slowed my mind down, so I wasn't thinking about what I should be doing, what sort of business I should be doing. I then heard, and I heard insurance. I'm like, what? But of course, you don't hear it like, I didn't hear it that clearly like Jesus said, insurance, go and sell insurance. No, you didn't. It was coming from the inside. So this was quite enough for me to hear my spirit. So I heard insurance. Well, it was 9.30. I went, I turned the light off and I went through to the room. Mary was in bed and I jumped into bed and I, I said, you know what, after two days of fasting, this is what I get, insurance. Now, insurance sales in South Africa wasn't the best of jobs. It just wasn't there in, in, our, in South Africa at the time. It wasn't a great job. I didn't think so. So I said to Mary, I said, gee, imagine that. And I painted the picture of me going to the next door neighbor, farmer, and knocking on his front door and telling him when he opened the front door and said, oh, hello, Trevor, what are you doing here? I said, 
Oh, ah, Miles, I'm here to sell insurance. <laughs> and of course, the two of us just broke down. We just cracked up laughing, and we, but we laughed. And the laughing didn't stop. It just carried on and on and on. And it just got severe until eventually, like I mean, our stomachs were really hurting. And we, well, we finally toned it down and we went to sleep. Two o'clock in the morning, I woke up again. And I woke up and I got the same picture. And I started to laugh. And I laughed and laughed. I remember trying to keep quiet because Mary was, trying to, was sleeping. And I didn't know what was going on. Anyway, I rejected it. I did not want to be an insurance salesman. It's the last thing I wanted to be. I wanted to be in business if I was going to be in business, a big millionaire, you know, doing all sorts of business. So anyway, so I, um, I turfed it out. I went and I fasted the next day, did the three days, and of course got zero, nothing else from the Lord. He kept quiet. He'd already spoken. And so I then started doing some other things. And I went into business. I left my job and, and I started doing all sorts of things. Why are you laughing? So all sorts of things were like quite incredible. We started a little shop um, from our home. We, I found some old wood, some old timber. And um, I asked the person I found where I found it. They said, yeah, sure, you can have it. I took the timber and I started making furniture. Not really good furniture, but sort of benches and beds, things for the locals. I ended up selling them, by the way, to the local shops, any furniture shop. And then um, a farmer was, had, had a whole lot of cabbages he was harvesting. And so I went, I had a little Toyota Corolla 1.6 GL, small little thing, hatchback. And I borrowed a trailer and I hitched this trailer up and I went into the field with my little um, Toyota Corolla and I loaded some cabbages and off I went to the town and I started selling cabbages. And when I arrived there, you know, I rolled the windows down and, and all the African ladies were sitting there. You know, I sit on the floor and, and I said, they said, oh, Uncle San, when's I need? And I said, and I said, they said, what do you want? What are you doing here? And I said, I'm here to sell cabbages. They said, oh, how much? So I told them. And they said, oh, it's cheap. It's cheap. So I sold all my cabbages. Quick smart. And the Lord was right. I was a good businessman. But when I went home, I hadn't made much profit. And I bought bananas. And, and the Lord was teaching me things. I'll tell you this story too. Man, we're running out of time fast. So that's how life goes. But So I'll tell you the story about bananas because that's a good one. Um, I bought a whole ute load of bananas. I'd driven probably an hour there, loaded, got these bananas, bought these bananas, Ishawi. Then I go into town and I go, and I go to the... Bus ranks where all these, a lot of these um, Africans were coming in from the outlying areas, and I started, I tried to sell my, my bananas. And the Africans would walk past, and I said to them, I said, hey, you know, some bananas. And they picked them up, they have a look at them, and put them down and walk off. And then the next guy did the same. And then um, the same thing happened. They picked them up, look at them, put them down. 
And then the third guy came along and he did the same thing. And I went, just hang on. What's wrong with the bananas? He said, no, no, don't worry about it. I said, no, 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 what's wrong with the bananas? He says, no, they've got black marks on it. I said, don't be silly, man. That's on the outside. And I peeled the banana and it was a perfect banana. They were delicious, beautiful bananas. But they didn't like the black marks on them. And so he walked off. I was livid. I actually threw a bunch in the hair and went around and jumped on the stupid things. I was mad. <laughs> See, God needs our flesh. And immediately... I heard the Lord, and he said, know your market. He gave me a marketing lesson right then and there. Know your market. Anyway, long story short, that was bananas. And afterwards, six months later, after struggling, doing all sorts of things to try and make a dollar, selling goats, traveling with goats in my little car, packed parked just behind the seats. Ridiculous. Anyway, I was that good businessman that the prophet had spoken. And I'd get home and I'd look at Mary and say, you're looking at him. Good businessman. Six months later, I, um, some guys came to our church in this little place called Imtunzini. There weren't many people living there. Probably a couple of thousand. Two thousand maybe. And um, these guys were driving big vehicles and looks like, they looked like they had some money. So I went to the pastor and I said, listen, who, who are these people? You know, like, just pitched up from nowhere. And, and he said, no, no, they come from Pretoria, but they, they were Christians, but they, they sell insurance. I said, I beg your pardon? Now, I'd been struggling for six months. And he said, no, what's, they sell insurance. He said, well, what's the problem? I said, no, don't worry about it, man. <laughs> don't worry about it. And the penny dropped. I just said to him, I said, would you mind introducing me to them? And they introdu he introduced me to them, and I ended up working for them that very week. Joined them that week, and off we went, and they were making pots of money. And the Lord blessed us tremendously beyond our wildest expectations. He blessed us out of insurance. What am I telling you tonight? God calls those things which be not as though they are. He called me a good businessman before I had a dollar. He called Abraham, Abraham before he had kids. My question to you, if he changed Abraham's name, he changed my name. I used to be Farmer Trev. Then I became Businessman Trev. What's your name? What did he call you? You know, he changed, you might, this, it sounds like, you know, you have to be dentist, Ruby, or I'm not talking about a job specifically. Or, but he actually changed every single one of our names. You know, when Abraham, Genesis 17, Abraham went, um, when God cut a covenant with Abraham and he gave him the covenant of circumcision, that is when he changed his name. You know when he changed your name? 
when you cut your covenant with him. When you became born again, he changed your name. He changed you from dark to light. Unrighteous to righteous. So the key thing here, when God told Sarah to call her husband Abraham, and Abraham to call her Sarah, he actually told you to call yourself something. You've got to call yourself light. You've got to call yourself righteous. You've got to call yourself what he calls you. you got to, so what do you do? And I'm, I'm going faster now because of the nine o'clock on the, on, on the screen. If you have to go, don't worry about it. I won't be offended. I'm just enjoying myself. Thank you for listening. So the thing to do is to find out, one, what happened on that cross. You've got to dig a little bit and find out for yourself what happened on that cross. And secondly, you have to, whatever happened on the cross, you have to start saying over yourself. You have to believe every bit of it. So, I'm going to jump to show you, well, to try and move this on a bit because I want to turn, turn everyone's into their wish into a was. Everything you wish for, whatever you're trying to get from the Lord, this is what we have to do. Okay? If your prayers are not being answered, you're tr still trying to get healed. You're still trying to get your finances sorted out. You're still trying, you're asking God to bless you. You're asking God to heal you. You're asking God to do this or do that. Or you're still suffering with depression and you're talking to Him about your depression. Stop it. Now that should rock a few, rock a few minds. And I don't mean to be nasty. It's not what I'm trying to do. But the reality is, unless you screw the screwdriver this way, the screw ain't going in. You have to do it right. So we have to put what we always put in the future tense, we have to put in the past tense. And we have to look at what God has done and then we have to get in line with what he has done. We have to understand what he has done. We have to agree with what he has done. And then we have to say what he has, what he says over us. If he calls you this, call yourself that. If he calls you anointed, you're anointed. The trip for everybody is looking at the natural realm. You need to know the difference between spirit, soul, and body. You have to know that. It's foundational. Otherwise, how can you call yourself righteous when you've just kicked the dog? When you've just shouted at your spouse? You will trip up. You will struggle to call yourself righteous if you don't believe you're righteous. But if you can separate your spirit your soul and your body, it'll help you. 
No, you, there's all sorts of theories and whatever. But biblically, um, you can have that discussion. But the reality is, when you die, your body goes in a box. You don't go in the box. Paul says in Corinthians, he says, I, I discipline my body. He didn't say I discipline myself. That's what, that's what the worldly people do. That's what the unbelievers do. They discipline themselves. We don't discipline ourselves. We discipline our bodies. We are spirit beings. So when we f- see that, and we see God says you're righteous, what is he doing? He's trying to tell you about the spirit man that's on the inside of you. So you go, oh, there's a spirit man. By the way, if we all died right now and we all disappeared in the spirit, in the cloud, you know, the cloud of witnesses, and we looked at each other, I'd say, oh, hi, Didi, how are you? It's, we would all know each other. It's not like spirit is not a cloud, it's not a waft, it's not a, a puff of wind. It's you. You have eyes, you have nose, you have ears. It's not an enigma. It's not a ghost. It's you. It's just a different realm. So when we start to understand that God's got eyes, he's got a nose, he's got a mouth, he's got ears just like us, we look like him in the spirit. So when we see that, we start to define this man on the inside of us, and then we start to agree with God, what God says about us, that man, then we start to say, because we start to believe, boom, wham. Suddenly you've just plugged something into the socket. You've just put your electrical cord into the socket and you've just hit the switch. God, God is powerful. We serve a God. Without miracles, we just have religion. No different to any other religion. The way we experience his miracles is to actually plug into the socket and hit the switch. How do you do that? How do you do it? Or do we just keep praying that God's going to do? Stop praying God's going to do. Look, in the, look behind you and look at God, what God did. Agree with it and start sowing it into your heart. So I'm going to go quicker because you guys are going to start all running out just now because you're going to be sick of listening to me. This is what you do. Define your problem. For most of us, it's easy. Whatever that that main thing that is on your mind, that's your problem. Don't take five problems and try and solve them. Don't mix your seed. Be a farmer. You can't plant wheat and sorghum at the same time and corn. You've got to separate the seed. You plant wheat. So whatever your problem is, find the seed for your problem and sow it. Am I making sense? I'll keep going. So you define your problem. Your problem is a natural problem. It's not a spiritual problem. Your spirit is perfect. When you die, you'll be so happy you died. 
Nobody goes to the other side and says, I want to come back. Not one. Everyone's happy. Your problems are human problems. So define the problem. Then find the spiritual facts. What are the facts? They are what we normally call promises. But they're just facts. They are his promises that by grace, Jesus turned into facts. So we find, oh, okay, so this is covered under grace. I can't pray for somebody else's wife to be my wife. That's ridiculous. It's not covered under grace. God says, one wife and love your wife. So you, you can't stretch these things beyond the book. You've got to read the book. So find his promises to cover the natural problem. It's a spiritual solution to a natural problem. His word, Jesus said, is life. So we've got to find the life in the word. Then you've got to plant the seed. So how do you plant seed? You've got to meditate. You've got to find scripture and you've got to read scripture and read scripture and read. Don't read it on everything. Read it about the problem. Get your wheat seed and plant wheat. I've got a lot of fear in my life. Sorry. If I had a lot of fear, you might all think I've got fear. If I had a lot of fear in my life, I want to find all the scriptures, Google scriptures on fear. And I want to start, note them down, write them down. I want to talk those things. I want to, I want to read them five times a day until I get to the point where I actually believe them. The moment I do that, I'm watering the seed and the seed gets planted. It's not please pray for me and wave your magic wand. It's plant the seed. It's simple. Then you water the seed until you believe it. And suddenly the seed will grow and it'll come up when you're not looking. And suddenly you'll know like you know that the problem is complete. I want to give you a little story about that. You know, I mean, you could do that with all sorts of things. You could do it with strength. I need strength. There's lots of scriptures where God says, I am the strength of your life. You can pull on that. How do you pull on it? Plant it. But let's take, take healing, for example. You find all the scriptures on healing, and then you take those scriptures, if you're looking for healing, Take the scriptures and plant them in your heart. How do you do that? You read them, and then you read them, and then you read them. Aaron was talking about it last Sunday, meditating. Um, it's like chewing the cud like a cow. So there was a story. I'll tell you a story about this lady who, who was born with a twisted foot. And her foot was severely twisted. So she never worked and um, never worked a day in her life. She was, spent a lot of time at home, never went out because she, of her foot. And um, she was middle-aged and somebody gave her a set of tapes on healing. So she started to listen. She listened to the tapes over and over again. Well, she did about six times. And the first six times, she actually never even understood the tapes. She never understood what the guy was talking about. She thought, this is baloney. I don't, I don't get it. What is this stuff? 
And you know, whenever you change your diet, the food is not so good. You, you battle when you change your diet. You've you got to persist. So when you get into the Word and you're looking for your solution, don't just switch it because it doesn't taste right. Well, she just kept listening, and she listened. She just kept running those tapes. And most people would have just switched it off probably at, this, at the first one. But she kept going. She just, I suppose she wasn't working, so she just did it. Six months later, she woke up one day, her foot was totally straight. No prayer. How amazing is that? Why? How did it work? Because God just unilaterally decided to move, jump off his throne and come and do something because he's felt sorry for her? No, because 2,000 years ago it was paid for. He did it 2,000 years ago. You can't move God. He moved a long time ago. We're not trying to move God. He's already moved. And so what happened is she changed her thinking. She got to the point where she planted that seed in her heart and it took root and it grew. It got to the point where it came out. So it overtook and the spiritual life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus overtook her natural problem and that was the end of it. Amen. You know, John said in 1 John 1, 5, he says, this is the life-giving message that we disciples, we heard from Jesus. And it's still ringing in our ears. We, John and the disciples, now repeat his words to you. 1 John 1, 5. Your, this gospel message has to ring in our ears. It has to be a life-giving message that we hear to the point where it rings in our ears. So, if I can leave you with this one thing. To the level that you are prepared to agree with God and speak over yourself, what He speaks over you, is the level to which you will rise to God's plan for you. To the level that you are prepared to agree with God and speak over yourself what He speaks over you, remember, change your name, is the level to which you will rise to God's plan for you. I'm going to wrap this up because it's now 15 minutes past my day, and I've always been late, so look at that, eh? It's so I hope tonight that I've challenged some of your thinking, if nothing else. And if you don't like it, it doesn't matter. It, it, I'm not offended. I'm, I'm like a rhinoceros. I'm from Africa. But for you... Take the word, go and think about it and start listening to stuff. Look for stuff on YouTube maybe. Look for truth. Embrace truth. Don't just throw it out and say Trevor is a nut. 
Just go and think about it first before you turf it out because you might throw the baby out with the water. Anyway, so tonight, to wrap this up, I know everybody has been very patient tonight. Thank you so much. But I just want to maybe just say, if you've been trying, you've been trying to be, maybe it's time you stop trying. If you've been trying to get healed, praying to get healed, just stop. Like, just quit. Don't worry about it. Go rather and put your energy into finding some information. Get the info. And get the information and then put it in your heart. Find out what God says. And then do business with God. And tell him a businessman, eh? Get to the point where you believe. Put it in enough so that you believe. And when you believe, you'll receive. And if you're in doubt, turn the other cheek. Just turn the other cheek. Don't get into doubt. Doubt and unbelief, tormenting twins. So if you've been struggling to connect with him, and I know you guys are the, um, to come out on a Friday night, you're the, um, the mad crowd, the um, mad for Jesus crowd. But, you know, if you've been struggling to connect and um, if you're listening online and you've been struggling to connect with the Lord, you've been struggling to plug, plug into the socket, if you've been struggling to get some of your prayers answered, if you've been battling to read the Bible, then tonight maybe it's your night. You know, now is the day of salvation. God is in the now. He moved a long time ago. Is Everything is now available. All that he waits for us is to take a step forward. We need to take a step forward towards him. The moment you do, he's waiting for you. He's been waiting 2,000 years for mankind to walk towards him. The moment you open up your heart for him, he will jump in. So what I want to suggest tonight, if for those of you who would like to, you know, go home, it's getting a bit late, that's fine. But for others, if you want, we're going to make this, if it's all right, we're going to make this available. If you want to come to the front and just come and do business with the Lord, you know, just come to the Lord and just say a simple prayer. Don't, don't come and spend half an hour. It's not necessary. Just take a step towards him and say, Lord, please open the, my, the ears of my understanding. Open my understanding. Let me see. Help me, help me see Help me see what happened on the cross. Help me see what you did for me. I'd like to connect. I'd like to be rewired. I want to be full of fire. I want to be full of zeal. I want to be full of you. Fill me afresh. We can all do that. We can do that often. It's filled up daily. So let's just, let's all just take a moment and... Um, if you want to take a step forward, you know, if, you, if, 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 you, if you're at home and you're watching, maybe you should just take, close your eyes at this moment. Stop watching. Close your eyes. Maybe we should all do that. Just close our eyes. Let's look away from the natural realm and look unto Jesus, the author, the one who perfects our faith. 
And if we close our eyes and we look to him, take a step forward. Maybe get on your knees and just say a simple prayer and say, Lord, please help me more. I want more. I'd like to understand more. It's what Paul prayed, that famous prayer prayed for the Ephesians, that you open the eyes of my understanding. Father, tonight, our prayers, this bread has been opened. Lord, that you touch people's hearts. Father, that you burn them afresh, that you fill them afresh, Lord. That people will go ignited, reignited, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. That everyone will know on the inside of them that he is alive he is on the inside of them. The God of the universe is living on the inside of every single person here. Father, in the name of Jesus, fill them up. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you, if you are ready to receive healing and you've been battling with something this week, God is more than able to fulfill 2,000 years ago what he did do. All you have to do is believe and receive. So if that's you, put the hand, put your hand, this is an act of faith, put your hand on the part of you that's been hurting. And I'm going to pray a prayer and God's going to do something for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the same Spirit that dwells in Jesus. The same Spirit. We tell you, devil, you take your filthy hands off those bodies in the name of Jesus Christ. You leave. We command healing to these bodies by the authority of heaven. As an embassy of, of heaven, we declare healing to these bodies, to every single person who reaches out to you, Lord. It's like the, the lepers, when they reached out to you, when that little woman reached out to you, she touched you. Father, in the name of Jesus, as he's reached to you, that you touch them in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you always honor your word. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.